Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to uh, podcast number 36, was it, Taro? 36. Number 36 of Podspeed. I'm here, as usual, with uh, my motley crew, James McKeown of No Breaking Podcast, and uh, Taro Koki, who puts all hello. this thing together from GT Channel. So, guys, uh, how has your 2021 been so far? Tara, you go first with your surfing stories. Oh my God! <laughs> surfing stories. <laughs> for the, well, the surf's been good. That's good. That's, um, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we're heading towards a good way, don't you think? I mean, we uh, have, are uh, you think? Are you feeling a better vibes than from 2020? Are you feeling this year is going to be better? Well, it kind of it, it started out kind of, you know, we tripped over a little bit, but oh, you know, you do have that residue from 2020, right? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, there's, there's a little stumble, over. but I right. think we're we're back on track. I think the, both feet are, you know, moving, you know, left and right, not both at the same and, time. <laughs> and I think uh, our listeners and viewers would be happy to know that PodSpeed is still going strong and 2021 is going to be the breakout year, right? I thought I Obviously. thought last year was a breakout year. Well, it's Obviously. this is the year we go we go we go super high. <laughs> We take it to 11. Is that what you're saying? It turned We're up to 11? We're taking it to 11. That's right. That's good. That's yeah. Right. We, it was at 10, you know, full yeah. volume, but now we're just cranking it right. up one we're more. Not on, yeah. We're not just on the starting team now. Now we're going to be all-stars. Yep. Then MVP. So, right. Sounds good. So, James, Sounds how's good. your 2021 been so far? Oh, it's been, it's been busy. Three weeks, but... I mean, I'm just waiting for winds to kick in because it doesn't feel like it here in Southern California at the moment. I mean, it's been a hot last week, this last week, and even today it's warm enough. With all my, this is this is our winner, man. With all my studio lights, I mean, I feel like I'm in a Russian sauna right now. I'm just waiting no, for I'm someone so, to come I'm, and beat me with some burlap. I'm, yeah, I'm it's sweating. better than your homeland of England. <laughs> yeah. Well, England's been getting so much snow. All I hear from my family over there is they've just been getting snow every day, which is like unheard of. They got like six inches and then eight inches. James, where are you from in England again? Where's the northeast of England. So I'm from Middlesbrough, from the northeast of England. Middlesbrough. Okay. Northeast. Oh, okay. That side. All right. Um, the best how, side, uh, Sam, is what we like to say. Okay. Uh, how, how close are you to like Scotland? Uh, I mean, was a couple of hours drive away. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that's the United that's the United Kingdom is not a particularly big place. <laughs> well, I mean, Scotland. When you're driving through it, it, it feels really big because there's really nothing there. <laughs> hey, I used to uh, live there, so I could say that. How I long love, does it take to go from the southern tip to the northern tip of the island? Of the UK? Uh, of the UK, yeah. Oh God, that I would say that's probably a three days drive. No. What do you it's think? like 12 hours. She's over 12 hours, Tara, to do it. No, it's longer than that, isn't it's it? Not. It's not. It's not. Land's End's Growth is 600 and some miles, so it's about 12 hours to drive. But it's only longer because, obviously, you've got, you don't get on the main M and A, M road, right. which is the M1 right. to go until you get, like, just north of London. And then, obviously, when the M drops off, when you get into Scotland, then it takes longer to drop down. So it's about 12 hours. So it's not okay. three days, unless Sam's like driving at Sam's speed, which can be explained. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like taking stops along the way. So, so anyways, today I wanted to, uh, we wanted to start the uh, podcast off with uh, some of our scoop stuff. And instead of looking at some of the future stuff, we thought we uh, go and take a look at what was going on at the Tokyo Auto Salon, which just happened, I think it was last week, right, Taro? Well, it, a few days ago, did it? Did it? No. Well, when I say took, uh, it when, when the right? manufacturers, yeah, uh, uh, showed their cars uh, uh, in their news releases because, of course, the auto salon itself was canceled, right, because of the COVID. So, 
yeah, yeah. So yeah, so uh, here are some of the uh, uh, cars that we would have seen mm-hmm. had they had the auto salon, but um, they released them uh, virtually. And I guess we'll start with Toyota first. Yeah, Toyota uh, wanted to show uh, this Supra. It was uh, it is uh, their new GR Gazoo Racing brand Supra with uh, a few custom parts added on. Uh, it's I think it looks awesome. Uh, I am not a big Supra guy. Uh, uh, I, I I think the the looks is 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 not to my liking, but I think it's cool just because it's different. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel. So I thought the last Supra was the same way. I wasn't a big fan of its looks, but you know it is distinctive. But I think these uh, the uh, Gazoo Racing the GR stuff really makes it. Uh, mean, you know, gives it, gives it some pop. You guys think, and you know, a lot of times guys, you know, that Tokyo Auto Salon, there are some tacky stuff out there, you know, with some crazy body work. You go, what the hell? But, yeah, but definitely. This I think is right on the border. I think so it's what, right there what, where it's still okay. What exactly did they do for like the audio only audience? Oh, I think they just released the photos and said, hey, these are Tokyo Auto Salon um, uh, lineups. Okay, so That's it's, how I got found like a, yeah. it's got like a front, um, you know, what? Uh, it's like a canard slash um, diffuser in the inside. Oh, for this, yeah, 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 right. Rear, a rear like spoiler. Yeah, the uh, it's got the same arrow, and the it looks like it's got the, they have the rear spoiler as yeah. well, just similar to the. And there are some. It looks like it's got a ducktail as well, judging from this. Looking at this image yeah. in the right there. And there is a, uh, there are some tweaks uh, underneath, but not major, major tweaks. I think some uh, springs, uh, some uh, handling components. Uh, I, I don't know if these wheels are exclusive to this car, but you know, the wheels are different. So mm-hmm. um, I, I will say the wheels look particularly nice. I do they like do. The I love these wheels. I really I like do. Black. Yeah. So, so uh, this was one of the cars they were going to show. Um, and I'm going to go through these pretty quick because there's, you know, there's a, there's a few of them on. Uh, uh, that well, I highlighted. Would you take this so you'd get the Supra then, Sam? Oh, with this kit? Yeah, I, I would rather have this Supra than the, well, of course, I would rather have this Supra than the, the base Supra, but yeah, if I were going to have a Supra, this one I would be enticed to buy uh, as is, you know, as, as, as looks right here. What about you? Um, I mean, I really like the lines with the, the blacked out around the pillars. Uh, that make it, that join it. I think it looks really good, especially with the tint on there. Um, I just think it looks like a really good looking car, if that makes sense, in this configuration with the lights on. Uh, yeah, it doesn't extra, look overdone carbon, or tacky, does yeah, it? Exactly, yeah, exactly. The no. carbon fiber pieces, it looks really nice, really tidy. And I would take it in this color, even though I'm not a big, big fan of yellow cars, like one of my our friends, James Chen, who loves yellow cars, but I would take it in this color. Yeah, it's yeah. a good color. Yeah, I like it. It's not uh, too tacky. Black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I think it pops nicely. I'd give it credit. I mean, I think that I like the super, as you know, um, and it's always nice to see the different things they can do to make it look good. And I think it looks nice and racy for the road. One might say. Okay, and going from this car, uh, the another car is the uh, GR Yaris. Of course, the GR Yaris is uh, is like one of the most. Um, I've talked about cars in the last, I guess, a couple months, right? We even talked about with uh, Aris, Arisa Mizuhara, the drifter. This is a GR Yaris? Yeah, and then with bodywork by Modelista. Really? This yeah. is a GR Yaris? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's oh, how wow. it's... I mean, it's a Yaris. It doesn't look like Yaris, does it? No, it doesn't Is it the 
I don't think, are you sure this is the Gazoo Racing variant of the GR Yaris? Uh, I think so. I, I, you know, the information was kind of, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it is. I could check online, but, uh, but the Modelista bodywork is what was the big thing on here where Toyota uh, um, um, collaborated with Modelista, you know, uh, who are like the body was specialists, right? And uh, they, they produced this car. So this was, and, you know, to, Tokyo Auto Salon, uh, it's pretty much, bef you know, when it first started out, it was pretty much just for tuners. You know, mm -hmm. and then, and then like with SEMA, you know, the, um, the manufacturers started to really get involved because of the popularity of the car, uh, of the show. So this one is a kind of a collaboration on both. And, and this has got no hybrid or no, it's not electric at all. This one, because no, it's got no, the blue, no, no, it's got the blue. One, yeah. As far as I know, this one is the, yeah, the, uh, the I just uh, asked because it has the, the blue Toyota symbol, which usually is their designation oh, yeah. hybrid. I, but yeah, I don't, I, I, this one, this one is. Almost, I mean, almost to me, that. this looks like a mini Rev Four. Yeah, it is and, a little. It looks bigger. Really well, you got to remember too; it is a photo, so you know. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. My 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 looking at this, it looks like a a variant, a smaller variant of the Rav Four, since I just had right. the, the Rav Four Prime. So it looks similar to that in regards right. to how it's with the colorations and the styling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is the Yaris Cross. Okay, Yaris Cross. So it's the, yes. it's the uh, off-road version-ish, right? Yeah. So this would be. Oh, did you just look it up, Taro? Yeah, it's the oh, Yaris oh, Cross yeah. with uh, GR parts and Modelista packages. So it's it's right. yeah. So it's it's not the GR Yaris. Oh, so, so GR Yaris this, Cross. The Yaris yes. Cross then is that the same as the Corolla crossover, Taro? Is it built the same platform? Yaris Cross is like is the you know the, it's a compact SUV, right? So yeah, but is like, that is it? It's, is, is it still in the Corolla platform or is it a different platform? I can't remember. I don't remember, but it's the, you know, it's like the Mazda CX-3, you I, know, it's that, that yeah, I, I don't think it was James. I think the Corolla has its own platform, even in Japan and the Yaris okay. is on its own. So, cause you know, they, yeah, so. But anyways, uh, what do you guys think about how this thing looks? I love the, I, I, I think it looks great. You know, I think it's, very sporty, very, you know, macho, very, uh, um, you know, has a lot of uh, uh, character and presence. That's the word I was looking for. So, yeah, I like it when, um, you know, how the Japanese tuners soup up their vans and the SUVs, you mm -hmm. know, like uh, here, it's mostly like performance vehicles, right? Like sports cars. But right. um, mm -hmm. in Japan, they, they're, they're really into, you know, kind of styling up, um, other types of cars as well. So this is kind of, I think that kind of fits in there. It's a, it's an SUV, but um, it's got really aggressive. Uh, it's got a really aggressive look to it. So I like it. I'd go for it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I have one in my garage, but I mean, I, I, I like it. So yeah. James and likes I, it too. James likes I mean, it. You like this? Yeah. yeah I was going to say, I still look, think it looks like a mini little Rav4. And you like those little crossover things. You review them all the time, so you must like them. Yeah. Oh, just to clarify, folks, it's still a, it's a similar platform. It's a GAB versus the GAC platform. So this is the GAB. Oh, okay. So it's, they're, they're different, but they're in the same. They're family. very similar. Yes. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Just to clarify. Thank you. Thanks um, the magic of the internet. And then most of these cars. Good fact gonna... checking, James. Good fact checking. Yeah, good fact checkers. We, I, you know, I don't want to be known as the uh, fake news. Fake guys news. Of the yeah, yeah. We don't want yeah. Sam fake news, Matani. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> uh, Sam Segal Matani is what we're happy. Yeah. About. Okay. That that that's fine. Okay. And then uh, so going to one of Toyota's. Uh, uh, well, it's not really a subsidiary, but Toyota uh, pretty much bought the company Daihatsu to mm -hmm. make and help with their K car uh, business. And if you guys know, uh, I, I'm sure all of our viewers and uh, listeners know what K cars are: the light cars, mini cars. Uh, 660, no bigger than a 660cc uh, um, engine, and it has to kind of fit in these small dimensions. And if it does, you're, you know, it's okay. It could be marketed as a K car. And the first one is one of our favorites all time ever uh, because it's been around since I think K cars have been around. It's been around for many years now. Is the Daihatsu Kopen, and uh, the company is called, of course, Daihatsu, which I think we uh, we had here for a few years, and then they kind of uh, closed up shop really quick. Oh, and really? They, they were here, huh? I yeah, Daihatsu was here for like, I remember when I was at Road and Track, they were here for a few years, maybe a year, two years, three years, I can't remember. But uh, but yeah, they, they, they weren't here long. And then, you know, then they went right back to Japan. And then Toyota uh, pretty much bought, bought the company and or, you know, controlling stake. And now uh, Daihatsu is a, the um, pretty much the premier maker of K cars right now in Japan. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, they do the trucks as well. The, yeah, that's trucks, yeah, the, and we'll get to those too. Yeah, the Daihatsu yeah. trucks, yeah. So anyways, uh, the Kopen is one of the coolest. Uh, it's rear drive. It's uh, um, it, it does come in roadster form. And this version of the Kopen was one that one they were gonna show at Tokyo Auto Salon. As you can see, it's, I don't think there's even a top to this. This is uh, just a, um, no windshield either. Half a well, windshield. yeah. Uh, well, very small one, yeah. So this is your uh, kind of pretty much track ready one, you know. So uh, yeah. and uh, with rear rear wheel drive, I mean this this car. I drove a version of Copen a while back. Uh, about my God, must have been six, seven, eight years more more than that, maybe ten years ago. And dude, these things are really great to drive. And um, this car was pretty much the car I kind of this and the Honda Beat, which is a a K car made by a Honda, which looks like a, it seems like a miniature NSX, which is really cool, or what kind of used I used as the model for uh, the uh, Kamita Maestro, which uh, uh, appears in my novel. So this is pretty much the car I was. Uh, why are you laughing to get my how I got my plug? Some in good there? some good plugs there, Mr. Yeah, Tana, exactly. Good plugs. Nice. But anyways, nice. what what do you guys know? You know, nice I, and smooth, Sam Mitani. Exactly. So since we have this time, I would like to like know. What do you guys think about K cars in general? And uh, then what do you guys think about K sports cars like this? Uh, James, why don't you take it away first? I mean, I love K cars. I mean, I'm a, I talk about this all the time about how much I really do like K cars. Mm -hmm. um, this, the Copen, I mean, it's a particular favorite for me, also a particular favorite of Nigel McKeon, Sam Mitani. Oh. So he will be happy to know that you also speak highly of the Daihatsu Copen. Um, this, what I would consider, I'd say like a speedster, hot rod speedster variant with its low slung uh, windscreen yes. and the rear vision mirror on the dash uh, is a lot of fun. I mean, the wheels and this look great. I think it looks super fun. It's, it is one that you just want to jump in and just have a blast. I mean, we talk about Miata's obviously being small, but when you compare it against the K car, I mean, then you see what really small is. I mean, I'd love to see one yeah, of these small. driving yeah. around here, especially on the 405 or the 101 and like oh getting out of traffic. Well, out here, so you do see them once in a while. Some people have brought them in, you know, so. Yeah, but Top I'm, Rank I'm, imports I'm, a bunch Yeah, of Top them. Rank has an AutoZam, you know, the Mazda <laughs> one right in yeah. there. 
but I'd say no, a modern one as opposed to an imported one. It'd be nice to see right. that, but I can't see them coming back anytime. But this, I mean, don't they have to, aside from the spacing requirements, the engine requirements, isn't there a pricing requirement too that they have to follow? Uh, that's a good question. Tara would know. You live there. Is there? Uh, I think they do, you know, their do size. They? Yeah. And the displacement has to be like 1.6, right? 660 cc. No, 600, no, six, no, yeah, 600, yeah, six, yeah, six, yeah, not even, not even a liter. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, there's actually a good video that Justin did on KCARS on gtchannel.com. So go watch it on gtchannel.com. Oh, good plug, smooth plug. But I think, <laughs> I think the pricing might be just all. limited to the trucks as opposed to the actual K-Sports cars, if I think, oh, looking okay. back now. But um, I mean, this looks great. I mean, I love it. I'd love to drive them all. What about you, Tarot? What, this, uh, what I like about the K-Cars, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like them. Um, what I like about them is that most of them are manual transmission, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're super fun to drive. I mean, I used to, um, when I used to help out my, my uncle's factory, he had a little van is like literally like a, a box right and then like you can like reach over and touch the other 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 window it's a small it was a small little little van but it was super fun to just like drive around town because it was just so you know small and nimble the only thing i don't like about them is that it is small and you <laughs> when you're yeah, like you on hit. the yeah, yeah. when you're next to big cars i mean it's it's pretty pretty intimidating so yeah. i don't know about wanting to drive one on the 405 Especially I'd be all about it. You know, Tara, you'd, you'd jump in right next to me and we'd nip this thing around the 405 feet level. We'd be in and out of zipping, in and out of lanes, indicators on, over, going left, right. You would, right. You, would, you would be splattered like a bug on some radiator grill or some big truck. Oh, yeah. There's some truck would just run <laughs> over us and wouldn't even realize they hit us. Yeah, I like the Sujays, but uh, I disagree with you about the wheels. I don't like these wheels that much. They almost look like the wheels, like, uh, you know, they those like rays. <laughs> the Prius, oh gosh, I hope they're not because I don't want to insult them. But you know, like the guys who uh, take off the cap of the Prius and they have the black wheels underneath. Yeah, you, oh, you, seen those? you made Steelies? I can't believe you like compared yeah, these so. to Steelies. Oh my so. word, that's unbelievable. <laughs> well, I think going they, from I, Taro, I think they are. I think you they are look the like Rays, aren't like they? Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I love like Rays on the nose. Wheels, so. on the nose, and they could be because you know this Tokyo Auto Salon, so. So anyways, I, I think this car is cool, especially with the little lower windshield and the, you know, track ready look. So um, you better move off this before Sam upsets more people. Yeah, exactly. So uh, going from one convertible to another, how about a convertible <laughs> truck? I saw this one too. This is called the High Jet. Uh, what's it called? The High Jet Sportsa. And uh, you can see it's got uh, Yokohama and Ray's... Uh, raise sponsorship there on the side with the sticker but uh i thought this was so cool that i i was thinking damn it if there was a tokyo auto slot this this thing would have been one of the first ones this, I would have this would be an awesome surf mobile that's just oh, like going, goodness, going yeah. from the house you, just to the beach yeah it's the, yeah it's you know and if you could put it in a garage because it doesn't look like it comes with the top so yeah but the back is like a truck bed so it's super cool you know you just like oh yeah stuff yeah. in the back yeah i i really love to see this like Let's just see how much space there is back there. I don't know if you'll be able to put a surfboard back there, Taro. Or I guess it'll stick out the back, right? Yeah, it'll stick what, out the what back. What do you mean? You've got it's it's a truck bed, so you've got unlimited storage. Unlimited Basically, storage. Unlimited storage. Yeah. You can go vertically, yeah. horizontal, unlimited storage at this point. Okay, now vehicle. James, I gotta ask you, are those exhausts on the side there, on the bottom? Of course. I mean, yeah, you want to come mm. straight dude, out the side. This is supposed to be a 660cc truck, you know, so. 
the, I just like, imagine this revving to like 13,000 RPM. I know, so yeah, exactly. So, Sam, this is a high jet truck, right? So, yeah, it's normally, called high jet sports. Uh, and um, so, for those, you know, who have never seen or experienced a, um, a K car, so usually K cars are used like in town by um, for work, right? Yeah, so, for like small a, businesses, like small you know, business, right. like, or a sales guy, like a, a printer mm -hmm. company guy, would run around town, you know, delivering like you know right. stuff, and. I don't know if you notice this, Sam, but um, a lot of like um, like uh, fruit or vegetable, yeah, like you know, says butchers, you know, they use, yeah, and, <laughs> and Laguna. on the side here next to six, it says Laguna Seca, <laughs> and Seca in Japanese is oh. is a fruit store. That's like very fresh. clever. Yes, and you know Laguna Seca. So yeah, Laguna it, Seca, thought, the, uh, yeah, the the racetrack. The racetrack. Laguna yeah. Seca is Seca. Laguna fruit store. Fruit store. Yeah. So this is a uh, this I is a uh, very very clever. This is Taro's uh, fruit delivery truck. That's what he does on his free time. So yeah, I I I, I love this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this is it's so uh, this cool. Is, and uh, yeah, and the wheels are kind of on this one. I love the wheels on this. I mean, it matches the. Believe it or not, these damn sporty wheels match the truck. That's what it looks like, you know. It just so this thing is like impeccable. This could have been my if they are showing cars. This, like I said, this was the first one I would go see, and this is probably my favorite one out of them. So, and it looks like you guys like them too, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm percent like this one. Yeah. So we'll go from this one to uh, the last Daihatsu vehicle because we think K cars are so cool. This mm -hmm. little mini. Uh, vehicle called the Taft Crossfield, and this is pretty much your little yeah Bronco. Your little uh, it's got look at a winch in front. I mean, this is the you know you got the rack on the roof. This is for uh, your serious off roading. I don't know if it's four wheel drive. I'm sure it is. I don't have the specs for it. I just saw these images. So, but it was so cool. I just go. I got. I have to put this in this in here too. So this is like a Hummer H5. <laughs> you know yeah, like, h5 but very very small i mean i wish you know we could like i mean i had someone standing next to this just to show you how small this thing is but yeah, yeah it, it is small but those tires are pretty 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 uh macho you know the wheels mm -hmm. are kind of cool so uh yeah so i thought this was so daihatsu just really came up with some really good stuff for auto salon this year you know the non-auto salon so um but this is something, Taro, this would make a great surf truck because you could oh, yeah, throw those on too. the top. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. Cool. this is like um, overlanding. You know, look at the, you got the big lights on the top and the, the roof rack is pretty cool. You got the winch in the front. I mean, yeah, you can so, go, you can take this into the hills and the mountains. So this right is called the California. Crossfield. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really cool car. And then um, uh, not to be outdone by Daihatsu was Honda saying, hey, man, we could do that too. So they, mm -hmm. yeah, so they came up with this thing called the Eve, and this is electric too, guys, Eve HEV Crossstar Custom. So these wow. crazy names. So yeah, so uh, with, uh, with this, they raised the suspension and added mm -hmm. all-terrain tires to the, to the, to the fit. Um, this N-Van, as they call them, was uh, designed for operation as, as you were saying, Taro, as a food truck. Mm. Or, you know, and for, you know, it's just anyone doing light adventure going outdoors and they have, you know, and they enjoy the fit, you know, uh, around town, they could take this one off road. You could see the, the wheels are pretty basic, but, you know, just um, um, basic, but 
custom for uh, outdoor. I love the front. The um, uh, uh, got uh, extra yeah, lights on there, doesn't it? Like uh, yeah, fog lights. Yeah they, yeah, they look like they're extra lights. I don't know if they're sensors mm -hmm. or right lights, but they have the great Yakima roof rack, which I know, mm -hmm. uh, know Taro, you're you're. I think you're a customer, right? So uh, no, I'm not. Oh, I, th I thought you had you. You got racks all on your roofs on all of them, don't you? Uh, I will be a proud. Um, a user if uh someone oh. wants to send me some but no or if they uh, <laughs> or, or or if they uh sponsor right or uh <laughs> yeah, sponsor. exactly so <laughs> so why don't you guys uh podcast. give me give me your uh um uh take on this sorry you go first uh i like it um the only thing with electric cars and off-roading is the uh you know what do you well i'm sorry this is actually i think uh what you call it guys uh hybrid it's not oh it's a hybrid yeah, okay a hybrid. okay yeah yeah i mean that that was the only concern that i would have like mm -hmm. just going into the you know where there's like, oh. no water no electricity no nothing and going in there <laughs> You'd be stuck in in electric the, be stuck in the jungle yeah yeah i mean it's not like you know you can just go go get a uh you know go to the gas station and come back mm -hmm. and fill it up right i mean with right. an electric car you're really really screwed if you're in there um especially if you're overlanding or going in in the woods where tow truck can't right. can't come right. Right. Uh, save you um but if it's not yeah i mean it's it's a kind of a cool family car type car but um mm -hmm. it's all decked out with you know the toyo all-terrain open country aggressive is this, what, uh, is this what a fit should be though you know i mean is this the fit kind of trying to be too much um it's a fit know. for everything yeah I think. okay that's why it's called the fit huh yeah it's, 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 it's a, a it's good a, fit mr matani yeah okay. it's, a, it's a good application it, it, especially with like even in japan like people are becoming very diverse in how they enjoy their time so this is a good you know good proposal you know on how to how to enjoy your your car life yeah okay Okay, so going from there, let's uh, let's let's jump to uh, what Nissan. What about James? James oh, I'm sorry, James. I thought you I thought you had your two cents in. Go ahead, James. I, I mean, I like it. I, I do like the. It looks like the Pelican racks, uh, Pelican cases on top there. So you've got a little bit of room there, a bit of storage. Um, I mean, I think it's fun. I like the idea of it. I mean, you don't have too much ground clearance. I will say in this, so it I might not want to take it on, say, the Rubicon Trail. Mm -hmm. um that might be <laughs> uh, there might be a bit of clearance issues there with it i'm not sure how yeah, much yeah. travel you have yeah and like taro said if this if this was an electric car yeah you might get stuck out there so you don't with the wolves and is this a four-wheel drive or a, a you know front-wheel drive car uh i i think this one should be converted to four-wheel drive but i don't know that's a good question um uh, i'm just here to show the photos man i will, I will say <laughs> the, the colors the stop colors asking questions yeah damn the, the colors are interesting <laughs> on it concept. with <laughs> with this matte finish that they have but i just don't think the lighting maybe shows it off as well as it could i think that the mm. it could be maybe a little bit more more mm. like a sand color so i like that about it as well okay i think it's neat but yeah i don't think this is something they need to build or even offer as an option i think but this on the other hand they definitely now this will be it. interesting i can't wait to get your uh, takes on this but this is the nv350 nissan nv350 office pod concept uh, uh, that they were going to show at Tokyo Auto Salon. And this was, you know, part of a, uh, about several cars Nissan was going to show. But this one uh, got the most um, buzz uh, when they came out with it. Jeez, I mean, this this thing was really uh, all these uh, photos like the that were like within the last three, four days. So this is like really a, fresh. Yeah. But like this is a, yeah, this a, say again. 
it's like the COVID mobile, right? I mean, you want to go work. It kind of is, right? So, <laughs> so guys, this uh, office pod concept uh, features an office with a computer desk and uh, a cool little office chair, you know, uh, that lets you sit right there at your desk. Uh, and it fits neatly into the back of this caravan, allowing you to work pretty much anywhere, right? And uh, especially if you connect, if you have a blue, uh, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, all that connection, uh, I mean, you really don't even need to go to have an office. I mean, this could be it. You could just go into your driveway and start start working away. <laughs> What's also cool about this, and uh, there is, I, I don't think I included the photo of it, but if you guys look it up online, I mean, the uh, office pod, a Nissan mobile, uh, you'll see that it has a rooftop deck where you, where there's a chair that you could like get some rays, you know, throw, uh, you know, have lounge. a beer. So yeah, so you could totally lounge on the roof when you need to take a break from your work. So uh, how do you get on the roof? Oh, uh, there's a way to get on. I don't know, but uh, there's a lounge chair up there. Okay, so it has a little little lounge chair. I mean, and, I, and I, a fold-out I, umbrella up there. Okay, so you could like just really relax up there when you know what you need. Go ahead. I was gonna say, does it have any solar panels on the roof as well, Sam? Or is that no? Uh, I I did not see anything about having solar solar panels. But you know what, James? If it doesn't, I think that's a damn good idea. Uh, my only concern. So you so you have unlimited power. Uh, reach, of course. Uh, no, renewable but power. That's awesome. Awesome idea. My, my only concern is I'm not sure how tall this lady is sitting in the back in a moccasins and her winter jacket. So I'm pretty sure that I might have struggle fitting in that size. And I guarantee you, I would definitely stand up and bump my head more than once. James, all part. you have to do is get a smaller chair fitted in them. That's all. <laughs> I'll be on my knees Sam, at that point. No, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But you're right. The lady is Japanese. She's Asian. She's probably not a huge lady. I don't think. Yeah, but that uh, I'm looking at the, some other um, pictures, but that umbrella is not like an umbrella umbrella for rain. That's like a big parasol. It's like yeah. huge. It's yeah. Like a, yeah, yeah. It's like a tent. Yeah. yeah, you can enjoy like a nice martini there. You know, if you're not. Doesn't like you have a good cup of tea, and I know how much I like a good cup of tea. Ah, the British. They always have to have their damn tea breaks. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, did I say damn? Always have to have your tea breaks. <laughs> no, when I was living in London, man, oh my God, we broke for tea like every soup, like every 10 minutes. You know, spot of tea. Every meeting you need a tea. <laughs> yeah. So um, you, you see the, uh, the weird body work, those, uh, that's, uh, they say that's totally uh, uh, just for the show. I might even be decals taking a look at it. But otherwise, I don't know if you have an NV, looks like, I mean, if you really wanted this, you could almost you know, have some tuner shop, whatever, you know, a body guys make do this, this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, it's a great idea. Um, yeah. Now here's my question to you guys being, you guys both being, you know, professionals who travel and stuff. Um, and Taro, you know, you have pretty uh, active recreational activities like, uh, you know, like uh, surfing and stuff. Is this something that makes sense to you? Is this something that you could actually use? Because, you know, so. I mean, now we don't need to be in the offices. Like, you know, that's what COVID yeah. is pretty much. Yeah, oh, no, so I think so. Yeah, looks yeah. like this lady's having a Zoom meeting, doesn't it? It does. I, yeah. I can see her screen. She has a bunch of people yeah. that she's talking yeah. to. Yeah. So well, well, the, what do you guys think? Is this something that they should actually offer? Well, you know, what we see a lot, like at camp, like in California, or where we live, um, you go to like these um, 
state parks or the beaches mm -hmm. or these camping grounds, you see a whole bunch of those, um, the Mercedes, uh, the Sprinter vans mm -hmm. and like these Dodge uh, freight-ish vans that have been modified for like outdoor usage. Mm -hmm. And you see people like working in there too with their laptops and stuff like that. And um, that was like huge at the campgrounds this year. Like people were just like bringing their wife, you know, just they were mm -hmm. just working from, from these campgrounds. So this is not actually a bad idea. I mean, usually like the auto salon things are like concepts usually yeah. and like pretty mm -hmm. far-fetched, but- Oh, these are all I, concepts, so yeah. But, but I, I wouldn't rule this out though. I mean, especially now with people more people not returning to the office and working from home. I mean, why not? Well, no, right? Yeah, and then like Taro, you, I mean, you're going to San Onofre, you know, he just says, shoot, you know, I'll just kind of, you know, get, hit the waves in the morning and then maybe in the afternoon for three or four hours, whip this thing out, <laughs> exactly. start working a little bit and then yeah. do your, you know, early evening surf session, you know, right? Exactly. Without ever worrying about work. Yeah, you're, you can literally work from nine to five yeah. No problem, you know, hit, hit, you know, do whatever you want in between lunch break and, or whatever. And, and James, you could, you could see that right behind the lady, there is like a hot pot thing. And then there's a cup, a cup. Uh, there is there, a cup. I mean, she's having her tea as she's working. I, I think that the only downside for this one is it looks like to me that the scale of it is a little smaller than say the Mercedes Sprinter van. It, it is a little bit. Oh, it is. Uh, NV yeah. is smaller. You know, the NV is way, way smaller. So that's what I mean. But it has this one's got some nice chunky tires on. I like the it wheels. Does. The green center caps look fantastic. Um, I do like the bodywork. It looks really good. But I think I might be a little bit too gaijin size for this vehicle in particular. What if they offered this in something like the Mercedes the Sprinter or uh, something bigger? I mean, I think it, it's if I, I don't see myself like going out and driving out for the day and needing this, this would be if I wanted to like go away for a few weeks on vacation kind of truck. I like would see this is one that needs this for a day. Remember last, uh, James, where you uh, took your little day, uh, road trip? Uh, what was it mm -hmm. last year? Yep. Would have been, would have been cool if you had this because you could have did our podcast on this. Uh, I mean, it does have its advantages, Sam, obviously it had to being able to take your home with you. But the Lexus that we had that was able to go was very, very luxurious, very sporty and was able to get us to and from each hotel. You are so pampered. So <laughs> if, if I wanted to go more off the beaten track, maybe this, but I still think that I'd probably have, I'd probably have a few more accoutrements than this one lady has with her moccasins and her winter jacket and her kettle. So I yeah. still think I'd need something a little bigger than this, but it's, I do like the idea. Yeah. But you know, you know, it's not that small though. Yeah, and you can't see what's on inside. There might be a you know little fridge in there, a little you know a printer. You know, I mean, James, really I, I've, seen, I've seen I've seen gaijin I've seen gaijin bigger than you squeeze themselves into a Volkswagen van. So, <laughs> you know, with the same cutting like you know the little old fashioned the, the van. If they can do that, this NV is. Big enough for you, I think. I think it's cool. I think it's kind of cool. Like let's you say, and your wife and Kaiju Kiwi. Ah, this is. Oh, but let's say let's say like the three you. of us say, hey, let's take a road trip. We have one of these each. We go to Sequoia. You know, we'll only if there. I drive. We can only go on a road trip if I drive. That's we would never rules. get there, mate. And then, but. <laughs> 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 but anyways, with this, I mean, I, I could, I could, I could see. Uh, I mean, the only thing is, you know, it's like it is a vehicle. An office space for one, right? 
So it's, you know, kind of lonely, you know, <laughs> but other than that, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, but you can drive out. The kids could be running around. Yeah. And you can just, you can be working, right? Yeah, I, it would be interesting. Even I, I didn't see any photos of it with, you know, with it. Well, with it in, I mean, there doesn't seem to be too much space inside because, you know, this thing fits in and slides out. But I think it, it is, it is kind of cool if you're taking a trip with maybe just you and your wife or you and your girlfriend or you and your husband or your partner or whatever. And, you know, and you guys could take turns on this or, you know, because uh, I, I don't know how much space there is uh, for yeah. other there, passengers. Yeah, there's nowhere for for like four people or, or even three people to sleep. Like if it was just this one girl, she can probably yeah. just yeah. close this up and then sleep, you know, on a cot or whatever inside. Well, no, but isn't that why you take a tent? If you had a tent, right? I mean, if you guys- Yeah, camping, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. this would be That's ideal true. if you're going yeah. camping. Yeah, true, so. true. All right, but I, I give it a thumbs up. I think it's a great kind of a cool idea, especially if, you know, it's gonna, uh, I don't know if this one's electric, but you know, once we get into electric or hybrid stuff, I mean, you know, it's just a nice road trip out. You can still work, kind of cool. I think I like the outside more than the inside, I'll put it that way. Yeah, well, you're just upset that you don't think there's enough, it's big enough that, you know, I mean. That's my main problem with it. Yeah, <laughs> well, it is a concept, it is a concept, so. So anyways, uh, be, the last thing I wanna get to, no, we're gonna save that for next week, next week. The last thing I wanna get to is, uh, or we, you know, we could come back to that if we have time left over, because uh, I think for the first time ever, we have been, um, betrayed by our guest, right, Taro? I don't think I would put it that way. Okay, so okay, so we, we have been forsaken. How's that? <laughs> Let's go to the next car. <laughs> Always the diplomat, Mister Taro. Uh, you know what? The it's not a car that I want to do. Is I uh, this? I want to uh, highlight. Yes, that is it. I want to highlight this thing called. I'm so sorry. The images are so small. But this is a, a, a technology from Panasonic that is, uh, oh, thank you, James. There you go. Yes. Uh, if only uh, someone sent me high quality images, it'd be so much better. I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, but <laughs> uh, this one is, uh, and you know what, James, if you see anything else on the internet on this, I mean, there are, there's multiple images. I only sent you one because I, was, I didn't know we were gonna cover this, but um, feel free to just slap them up there. But uh, uh, Panasonic, this is a, a technology from Panasonic due in 2024. So, you know, we still got about three more years, but this thing is called their augmented reality heads up display. And it's pretty much exactly what it describes. It's on your windshield. It recognizes the road, buildings, all that stuff. Um, it will send you uh, navigation um, um, instructions right on the road so i mean there's no okay. way you'll miss a turn now you know yeah, I mean, yeah, it's right yeah. there on the road it recognizes bicyclists trash cans anything and it'll 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 tell you exactly what they are pretty much almost like those you know like virtual reality stuff you see in like uh, sci-fi movies now mm -hmm. you know so i mean excellent yeah so uh what it does is uh it you know it's with their volume optimization which is panasonic because we all know they're they make very good um stereos and head units and all that stuff. Uh, they have great imaging technology and this features AI technologies from uh, uh, its spider cockpit domain controller. So uh, they are already you know, in the uh, field of uh, cockpit stuff, uh, car related stuff when it comes to uh, artificial intelligence. And this is just taking everything one step further. Uh, on their thing, it says that 
it does uh, recognize objects, pedestrian detection, mapping, right, route guidance. Uh, you could share information with other drivers, uh, in, including determining if something is a vehicle, pedestrian, or some other random item, like a trash can, as I say. So this uh, was shown at CES, not Tokyo Auto Salon, but CES, uh, a virtual CES, because CES was also the, the physical show was not, was canceled, which usually takes place in Las Vegas, what, last week? Uh, I think yeah, yeah. yeah. So so uh, so Panasonic was going to show this thing, but they you know they showed it uh, virtually or online instead. I think I thought this was really cool. So I mean I go whoa, this is really sci-fi stuff now coming to life. You know, you know stuff boom uh, just kind of uh, appearing on your windshield. You know, uh, guy who does not like uh, uh, heads-up displays. You know, those heads up displays, I usually find a way to turn them off because I just don't, you know, I don't care about the speed. Limit. I don't, you know, I just don't like it. Uh, Very um, distracting, you know. You yeah, deterring be... my vision of the of the road. Yeah. But this actually helps you with what you're seeing on the road, which I think is cool. So, I mean, it recognizes, on this photo, it recognizes the crosswalk. It recognizes that middle line. Um, and, you know, they'll have arrows where if you put in a destination, it'll go so... Anyways, I think this was cool, so that's why I. I uh, so how does this work, though? I mean, uh, uh, that's a good from, question. It's from Panas. It's from Panasonic, right? So are they exactly. going to be working with the OEs, or is it going to be like an aftermarket thing where they have to replace the entire windshield? Or I'm I'm just curious how they they plan to. I think it's both. Launch at this point, yeah, we're talking three years away, but mm -hmm. uh, I I think it's both. I think you might find them in some uh, vehicles uh, manufacturers as original equipment. Uh, because I, I mean, to install this in your car would be, I think, a big deal. You know, I, I, I think, think it would so cost too, a lot yeah. of money. So yeah, because you need a special windshield, right, in order to exactly. This. So so yeah, exactly. Or well, maybe not the win yeah, my, probably a windshield, and of course, you know that your uh, dash, right, where right. it reflects everything up there. So mm -hmm. so yeah, so I, I I see this more of an OE kind of a thing, but. Uh, and maybe they, uh, I'm sure they know in Panasonic, they can offer it, you know, uh, if you have like a Bentley or, you know, something that doesn't offer it and you, you know, you've, you're loaded, you know, and you want this. In there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure. Like, like James is all, yeah, yeah, I could use that on my Bentley. So yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, your McLaren. No. <laughs> James doesn't like it. Yeah. Oh, James, correct. you don't like I've it? I've got, I've got zero interest in this whatsoever. No, absolutely no interest in this product. Sorry, Panasonic. I love you guys, but oh, okay. Why? 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 I I don't like head-up displays. I don't like the idea. I don't like head-up displays either. But seeing something there that's not there, it's just not for me. I'm old school in that regard. <laughs> and if I need, if I don't oh. need someone to give me directions, a computer to give me directions of where I need to go, I don't need to go there. I can get there myself. Just give me the roadmap. <laughs> I can plan that down. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You don't together. use map systems. No, no, James. James uh, prints what? out. James prints out the map. I go on map, map quest. <laughs> map quest. Put the directions in. Carl, you're kidding, right? Full, you're just teasing, right? Um, Carl, you're kidding, right? I've got um, books of them. I was I was yeah. kidding about it, but I hope he's not doing it. <laughs> I think he is. No, I just don't need the. I don't use the navigation. No, I don't use the navigation. I know where it is, then I get that from there. You should know how to get around the city. No, but what, what if, if somewhere you've never been? Yeah, what if you're in a new city? Well, you just go there and you figure out where it is and you get there. It's not that <laughs> difficult. <laughs> and oh, then okay. if you're having trouble, 
You just go to a traffic light, you wind down your window, you ask someone else to wind down their window and say, can you tell me where this is? And they give you directions and you meet a friend. You yeah, a friend. and then he follows you to your hotel and then robs your car while you're sleeping. I didn't know that James was 120 years old. <laughs> it's the way to go. You always make friends that way. It's the best way to be. I think Nigel, Nigel right now, probably, if he was listening, go, oh, God, no, James, shh, shh. Well, he's, he's not <laughs> supposed to endorse, you know, Google Maps or iPhone or stuff like that because, okay. you know, he's got his day job, so. But I think in the future, Taro, <laughs> believe it or not, I mean, it, it might be the um, end of uh, uh, privacy laws as we know it, but if we, I am on the same network or we're on the same sharing or whatever on, like if you happen to drive by, maybe it'll tell me, Taro Koki, right? Your car, you're in that they're, car or something. They're already, they're yeah. already tracking all of us. Yeah, so, but anyways, well, <laughs> I, I, I think it's cool. I thought it was really cool. Uh, James doesn't, but it's okay. That's, that's why we're here. That's, that's what makes the show special. Exactly. You know? We're all different. Taro, don't you think it's cool though? Yeah. I don't like looking up and down. I don't like, look, you know, having to exactly look at my, yeah, my iPhone. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, frankly, it's dangerous, right? I mean, you, you see all these like uh, Uber guys too, like they're just looking at their phone all the time and because th those guys actually need to know where they're going too. It's, they do it for work and they're going to a different address all the time. These delivery guys too. I mean, this would be great for them. They keep their eyes on the road, right? And the blue line tells them where to turn exactly. That's yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's great. I, yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's a great safety feature. Okay. Well, well two, out of, two out of three for Panasonic on this one then. So yeah, yeah, no, bad. no, no. When, when James, uh, you know, breaks into the 20th century, you know, I think they'll like it. So anyways, okay. So anyways, that I that that pretty much takes care of my segment. Sam, uh, we may as well do the last two. Do, let's do the last two. Let's knock them out. It. Yeah. Uh, okay, what, what are, I can't even remember what the last two were. Which what, one do you want to do, the car or the plane? Uh, which one? Which one do you want to do first? Uh, you put up the photo and I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. Oh, okay. So that is, okay. So what I thought was cool about this car, this was going to be shown also at CES. Uh, this is from a German company called Sono Motors, S-O-N-O. And they are a solar EV company. They're not a, really a car company, but they're a solar EV company. Uh, so the Scion features a lithium ion battery, okay. That provides a driving range of up to 158 miles. Okay. So which is kind of on par what it is today. Uh, but what's cool about this is in addition to that battery, this car, as you see it right now, it's kind of like a weird kind of looking um, body work, but you, you'll see like the stuff on the hood there. Um, what that is, is there are uh, 248, they say, solar cells integrated into that body. Uh, this allows the car to charge as you're driving during the day, okay, uh, throughout the day. So uh, these uh, solar panels uh, provide an additional range of up to 21 miles a day, okay? Doesn't seem like much, but it does when you start running out of juice in your car, you know, for your little, uh, you know, you're like, you know, shoot, I just went to Temecula and I, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. You have this and you're driving during the day, you're gonna get 21 extra miles, okay? So it, and also if you're doing short jaunts around the city, right? It makes it fully self-sufficient for a short distance driving. So that's why then you, you'll probably never even need to, uh, um, call it, uh, charge it up uh, if you're using it every day for under 20 miles because you're just running on solar. So you're not, number one, you're not, um, uh, you're not, um, uh, well, electric, your electric bill is pretty nominal at best, even with EVs, but, 
um, what they do, your carbon footprint would be pretty much zero, you know, just because you are using solar energy. So uh, I, the reason I thought this was so interesting is because, you know, um, everyone's putting solar stuff on their, on their homes, uh, on their roofs and stuff. But, you know, we don't really hear too much about solar powered cars. I mean, we did with those long distance, those, you know, university guys, you know, do, making those crazy uh, long range, lightweight stuff. But in a, in a real usable car, I thought it was kind of cool. And yeah, these, the car, these cars are a lot heavier. So running everything on solar and, you know, and uh, trying to live with every day, it's not realistic because, you know, you can only get so much power, but 21 miles per day. I, you know, I mean, for someone who's just going to the office and back, I think it works just, just fine. So anyways, this is called the Scion. I don't know how they're going to get, it's S-I-O-N, no C. So maybe because Toyota's uh, not marketing Scion anymore, they can good use that Good luck on name. this. Yeah, good luck well, on but, the trademark. But it's, that, a, yeah. it's a German company and this, mm -hmm. uh, that, and oh, they say the price is expected to be about 26,000 bucks, which is really affordable. So what do you think, Tarek? I think it's cheap. <laughs> it's oh, cheap for. No, what about the technology? What, what do you think, James? Well, I, it's got pros and it's got cons, right? I mean, look, the three. Everything of us, has pros and cons, James. And everyone always interrupts me, don't they, Mr. Matani? Oh, you guy, you bad man. But what I was saying is that we have all grown up in a time where we may have had a car as a child where we didn't have air conditioning in that car. And if you were in that car with a parent, say, in a hot day, there was always a chance you'd forget and sit down on a roasty, toasty belt buckle that would give you a nice brand for a day or two. I worried that if I had this car, I'd be tempted to always park it out in the sun, sort of be stinking hot when you got inside the car just to make sure oh, you were charging good. it. So then you have to put the AC on that then negate that 21-mile-per-gallon range. <laughs> A 21 mile range. All you have to do is leave I like, the windows cracked open, tint all the windows, and you're fine. No, not at all. Little no, things on your windshield. No, you not at all. It's no, not going to work. That. So, no, so that's my. That. that would be my concern with it. I always have. To, you always want to park it in the sun, and then consequently, it'd always be super hot. You'd always have that uncomfortable first couple of minutes before the AC is kicking in. Yeah, so you would have concern. to park it outside, won't you? Just, yes, uh, you can't park it inside. And then you have to be constantly cleaning it because you wouldn't want anyone making any birds or whatever making uh, or getting but, dirt under deposits on it. But here's the thing. You could park it inside if you, you know, um, it, it, I mean, you could charge it if you have a charger, if there's a charger. There. If there isn't a charger, you can park it outside to get that extra rain so you wouldn't be stuck. You know what I'm saying? I, I like the idea of using the solar cells to power other parts of the car like Nissan does with their solar cells on the leaf that they use to power the AC units. I like the idea of it powering different portions of the car. I think that having so many on it that integrate to give you the extra range is a good idea, but I think in practicality, I would not see that as a feature for me. I, I don't have a place to park my car outside. I don't want to park a car in direct sunlight here in Southern California or in Australia. Even in England in summer, when it's those three days a year where it gets hot, I don't want to park it outside and go <laughs> in. Sorry, James, but some people have to park it outside when they go to work. They're not, you know, accustomed to getting a covered parking spot. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, my, I don't know many people that go to work these days and drive that car to work at this moment, Sam Matani. So maybe you just know more people than me. Okay, well, it's, you know, the Honda it's COVID time, has... but when the COVID thing lifts, you know, people. You know, like, the Odyssey has that thing where uh, it, it, um, it's solar powered and it's got a 
like a air, it's not air conditioning, but it has an air, um, what is it called? Like a rejuvenation system where it like um, keeps the air flowing. Circulation. Inside and outside. Yeah. Circulation, yeah. Out, that doesn't, and the, honestly, it does, the solar panels don't power the car, right? It powers like that thing, I think, though. Yeah, it, it right, does power. Right, yeah, exactly. the circulation system. So yeah, this one actually what, powers the car. So yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Powering yeah. different portions of the car right. seems like a good idea because they're not having as many. So I mean, how expensive would it be to repair one of the panels if you got in a bump and you had to repair your front bonnet that's covered in 200 solar cells? How much I, is that bonnet going to cost? I, I don't know, but the car itself is 26 grand, so I don't know. So. Um, Anyway, I but anyways, good... I, I disagree with you, James, that there's a plenty of people out here that par have to park outside. You go to a sh shopping, you know, you go shopping or whatever. I mean, you're in an outdoor parking lot. You're going to be parking outside either way. A lot of times. Okay. I always find options. a tree and I always find shade, no matter how far away it is. <laughs> so I'm that guy, you. Sam. Yeah, okay, you are that I've guy. Got there. I've got there with my directions in yeah, my well, head. I haven't right. used my navigation and I know exactly where the best part is. Yeah, you are an animal. <laughs> All right, last one, Cadillac. Okay, so this uh, Cadillac kind of uh, surprised everyone with this, and this got a uh, plenty of um, um, uh, a buzz too. Is this Is another flying car? Yes, we and we. Hey, how how ahead of the curve are we, man? We Sam were, and your flying car reports. Yeah, exactly. Well, we flying car Sam. That's what we're going to call it from now on. A couple months ago, the one you know they're they they are starting to get more and more. Uh, I guess the, uh, the the news buzz is getting more and more frequent. So General Electric, uh, General Electric, General Motors, uh, and they, oh, General Motors has a new logo too. By the way, they uh, made their uh, GM yeah. smaller case. I like the uh, old gold one, but you know, I guess it's ugly. Yeah, but I think Mary Barr is just doing a, a crazy, un unbelievable job at uh, GM. So I think she's doing she's she's leading leading that whole gang. Uh, really well. So anyways, they showed off this uh, four rotor electric uh, passenger drone. Uh, and you know, they, you call these E, e uh, is it EVTOL or EVTOL or, um, but EVTOL. Yeah, small E, capital VTOL. Uh, and uh, they didn't reveal much about it, unfortunately. They did show it. Uh, at, a uh, flying car seems to be a fad these days because uh, Cadillac was the first to show this thing, which is really, I think, really cool looking. Um, I don't know if I would quite step into it yet, but it looks like a one or two seater. Uh, you can see the uh, props that uh, make the thing hover. Uh, and we hear that uh, Fiat, Chrysler, and Hyundai are also working on their versions of uh, flying, I don't know if you call them flying automobiles, but we'll just call them a uh, uh, passenger drones. So, was this announced at CES? Did you say? Yes, well? CES. Yeah, uh, or you know the virtual CES. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, they had uh, one of their execs come, and he just kind of talked about it. But that that was it. There was nothing really, no big hoopla. They kind of left it in a, a, a lot of mystery. But uh, this this is it, and uh, we haven't seen it in flight like we did some of the other stuff. But uh, um, this is. Uh, and this is the latest uh, Cadillac concept. So, uh, I know you guys aren't big fans of you know flying cars or passenger drones, but Sam Mitani, Road and Sky. Yeah, Road and Sky. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I like it. It's just like a big drone. Well, you know why? Because it is. It is a drone. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a big drone. 
So uh, they, it looks pretty scary because you don't want to go down. But because mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think there's much. Is much this your last? Is this your last report, Sam? Yeah, this could be my last. Can one, I yeah. show you guys something before our uh, our our guest joins us? Because oh, he's, he a, he's oh, got, is he, he on standby? He had the time messed up, but I want to show you guys something okay. though. Please. So um, we started with the Tokyo Auto Salon, right? So if you guys still go to uh, TokyoAutoSalon.jp, mm -hmm. you can still um, you can still tour the the halls uh, virtually. Oh, you so, can now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would I would really recommend um, you guys trying this because it's. Can you guys see this? Yeah, I can. Yes. Yeah, so this is like um, the hall. You 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 choose the hall, and you can kind of like walk around. Um, Go the, into the a hall. booth. Yeah, I want to check out like Ari Amimia. Let's see what. Yeah, Ari Amimia, uh, so rotary so specialist. Yeah, so I don't even know how to. Okay, I can look around. How do I walk? Can you enter into there? The booth? Do I do I like click on? Uh, there's a there's a something floating right there in front of it. Yeah, that no. Yeah, th this there's that's my like my cursor, my mouse. No, 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 floating in front of the booth, R R M M E S booth. See that really? little panel? This that, thing? Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. Click, click on that. Click that. Click it. Man, it's so small. No, nothing. What? Can I? I don't even know how to get there. Scroll. Oh, okay. I use you use the arrows. Yeah. See, there it is to the okay, left. Okay. There. All right. Can you download? There you go. You can download okay. it. Okay, man, this is like, they need to work on their UI a little bit. Okay. I think this is honestly, this seems like it's come straight from like uh, the lawnmower, man. What the heck is going on here? So anyways, too intuitive. Could, I think you can only download stuff. I don't it's, know. This looks like you've had a couple of shojus before you've got into the virtual booth here, Tara, by the look of it. All right, there we go. Now we can kind of look at the booth from the side. Oh, and you can open a link like this. I want to know what's happening with the larder. What Go the back to the larder. <laughs> Who cares about yeah, the larder? I know. I want to know about the larder. That's, right. that's the one. Go, no, go to the larder. I don't larder. want to look at the middle. larder. I don't want to look yes, at the Yes, larder, larder. I want to go to the larder. There we go. The larder's voice always wins. Takes you to the... Oh, it takes you to a PDF. Nice. Oh, right. Which, of, uh, which is usually what? the... Uh, what's the details on it? Japanese technology at its best. <laughs> Uh, this, is pretty, this is pretty weird. And you know what? It's it, Guys, it's not even filled out. It's I know. Not, no, it was completely blank. Yeah, let's see. So. Let's go to a different... Uh, let's see if we can go to... Is it going to take us 20 minutes to get there? Is that what's going to happen? I, this is, this is just go. like with all the crowds. Yeah, this is... Uh, Taro, this is a very good podcast, audio-only podcast material. No, it's not. But you know what? Right. You, you get some kind of like weird music, though, in, in my headphones, so. Okay. So, um, highly not recommendable. Okay. <laughs> this so I'm glad you told tour. everyone to go yeah. there, and then we told them not to go there. That's yeah. the well, advice I, that people I, need. I, and plus, and plus uh, can, can you even change the language? I mean, everything's in Japanese. I'll only leave room. They only want the English speakers to leave. Oh, ring neck twelve five zero seven. Yeah, you got some something going on here. Hey, Jim, you're Obviously. you're joining us at the uh, Tokyo Auto Salon. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna log out of this thing so we can start Time talking to, to Jim. All right, that was a Tokyo Auto Salon. Done with that. Okay, so I'm done with my report. So, hey, Jim. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good to have you. Good to have you. Good, we have, good, um, good. Yeah, we have the president and co-founder of Formula Drift. Uh, we did 
things a little bit backwards today, but uh, glad to have you on the show, Jim. Yeah, thanks for having me. How's it going? I'm all right. I'm all right. Stuck at home, but I'm okay. Good, good. Uh, you know, James McKeon, um, I think he's interviewed before, uh, interviewed you before for Car Stories, uh, Sam Mitani, so. yep. formerly Correct. with Road and Track, uh, big time. Um, so let, <laughs> let's get into it. Heavy, heavy hitters. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get into it um, right away, since uh, our, our listeners are already... Um, listening to us. So Jim, um, well, congratulations on, on finishing and actually like getting through a season last year. Um, thoughts on your, your season through these challenging times. No, I appreciate that. I think, uh, you know, our, our main goal in like pivoting all year long and adapting to changing regulations and all that really was to get a season done. Um, you know, the easy thing could have been just to shelf the season. Um, but we felt that, you know, not just for us, but for the competitors and the partners that are involved, that it would put us, um, you know, dig us a pretty deep hole, um, negatively affect, uh, you know, teams, which are essentially small businesses and their partnerships and relationships and, you know, income and so forth. Um, so, you know, with whatever, um, you know, sacrifices we had to make, whatever, you know, budget adjustments, cuts, et cetera. Um, again, the goal was to, to get a season off and we luckily did. Um, it wasn't, um, you know, the prettiest necessarily, you know, we, we went from delaying the start of the season from what would have been April to July to still try to run a eight round championship. Then we um, condensed it and made all those, you know, double, triple headers essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and took them to four rounds um, instead of to eight separate venues. We we're fortunate that a lot of our, our venue partners worked with us, uh, you know, shifting dates, moving dates, you know, canceling essentially and shelving till, till 21. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we, we pulled it off. We, we ran eight rounds of competition mm -hmm. um, at four venues across 13 weeks. We live streamed all of those um, and we, you know, we crowned the champion. Yeah. Um, unfortunately two of the venues were not able to have fans, uh, yeah. but two of them did with mm -hmm. uh, limited capacity. So, you know, it was, um, I guess the best of what we could, what we could have had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was smart to do the two rounds in one weekend. I liked, I, I liked the, um, having the, uh, the pro two, uh, in, in between as well, kind of gave the pro one guys, a the pro FD pro guys, a, a break and, uh, a little bit of more exposure to the, to the pro two guys as well. Yeah. I mean, what the, you know, one thing that we learned from, from 2020 um, well, there's a lot of things we learned and a lot of mm -hmm. it was just like trying out new things and adapting to um, these challenging circumstances. So like you said, like that, that actually wasn't the original format. It was, mm -hmm. we, you know, across three days, we would have pro two on day one and then pro on day two and day three. So their turnaround time is literally 24 hours from the time they leave track, you know, whatever crash, broken parts, flown engines, whatever it is to get everything back together to compete again the next day. Um, yeah. And we thought that, you know what, we're going into the season finale and we wanted to give that break, like you said. Um, and because there was gonna be no fans, uh, it would be good to give the pro guy, pro two guys 
some, you know, airtime on a Saturday instead mm-hmm. of on a Friday. Um, so we were able to try that. And so we gave, you know, the pro guys a little bit of breather and day one was pro day two was pro two. And then, um, day three was pro finale. What was the, the biggest challenge running an event during this time though? Um, you know, I wouldn't say it was easy. I mean, we, we deal with, um, you know, for those that aren't kind of on the inside of events, aren't on the race team side, you know, at, at the racetrack, um, you don't really see a lot of the random fires that kind of happen, right? Like, like, you know, figurative and literal fires that, that happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's your job. To you're, that, the, you're the troubleshooter, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I'm, we're, we're part-time firefighters. <laughs> um, no, so, I mean, so, you know, adapting to stuff like that, you know, oh, look, we have COVID protocols and we need to add an extra layer of screening and all that. That didn't seem um, daunting. I mean, it was extra work. Uh, the, the real daunting part is, is just the uh, inconsistencies of things. You know, uh, we thought going into one region, we were at, you know, 50% capacity and, and then it changed. And, you know, another region, we thought we would have been uh, cleared for 50% capacity and then that changed. And uh, so th- that makes it really hard to plan things. If, we, yeah. if you knew that, hey, you're at, you know, no capacity or you could have 50% capacity, you plan things in advance, you know, a month out, two months out. Um, mm-hmm. But literally going on the fly and, and, and changing to those different uh, you know, local regulations um, just wasn't, didn't, um, didn't add to it. So we kind of had to have, you know, plan and contingency plans. And sometimes there wasn't a contingency plan. You just, you know, uh, adapted on the fly. Um, mm-hmm. that, was, that was the stressful and, and, and probably the most challenging part. What are some of the like, positive discoveries that you had? last year last season yeah you know i think i think um i guess off the top of my head some of the positive discoveries were, were the fact that now we know what mm-hmm. the dynamics would be if we ever if we ever went back to like a a double header back-to-back weekend because of mm-hmm. you know everything from a you know weather event that canceled the event to you know pandemic like um you know occurrences that that force schedule changes right so we, we learned things like that uh, people had always talked about, oh, you know, qualifying is really boring to watch. So we were able to, to, to try something different. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and some of it we have to, we, we probably would revert back because now you've, you know, you always do like, the, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. Well, we got to kind of taste a little bit of what the other side is. And on some of the, some, some um, things we, we would stay there and some we actually is better back how it was. And some were kind of, you know, kind of meeting in the middle and, okay, we, we learned we have, now we were able to have experiences in, in two different scenarios. Let's kind of find a, a meeting in the middle. Um, you have, so there's a lot of those little things throughout the year. Will you have qualifying next year? We will have qualifying. We, we have a, um, we have, uh, we'll be rolling that out soon. We have a, a couple of different qualifying scenarios. We're going to be communicating that to teams. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to be dependent on the total number of entries that we get um, mm-hmm. for the season. I see. How about some of the, uh, the, you know, the new, new guys, new drivers that, uh, you know, entered formula drift. It must've been not only were they rookies and having to figure out, you know, left and right, they had to, you know, go through 
2020. <laughs> How do you think they uh, coped with everything and, and got through? I, I mean, they, they actually cope um, quite well. Um, you know, we left 2019 with a pretty strong, um, you know, top eight rookie class mm-hmm. for, for 2020. And a number of them uh, migrated over to pro. And, and it showed that, the, you know, the level of pro two competitors and teams um, are, are on the rise. Um, so the transition, uh, they did really well. Um, I think the back-to-back weekends definitely put some stress on, on teams and, and understanding the things that some of the, the seasoned teams know in terms of preparing themselves and spare parts and um, just doing a lot of the uh, maintenance homework overnight, you know, prior to each competition, things like that. There's a lot that was learned from that. But in an interesting way is that it was also beneficial because some of the, the rookie teams were, were debating if they were ready to come to pro. And one mm-hmm. of the factors is obviously budget. Um, yeah. So now they're going to four rounds instead yeah. of going to eight, eight events. So just travel costs alone yeah. um, is now kind of cut in half. And mm-hmm. so there were guys that, a couple of guys I, I spoke to that were teetering on, you know, I don't know if I could raise the, the sponsor support to run a full season, but because we compacted it together, they said, yeah, now we can. And so now they were able to taste what pro level competition is like. Um, you know, so it's one of those like blessing in disguise moments that, okay, because, yeah, yeah. because of COVID, because of 2020, um, they were able to dip their toe in and get experience that way. Hey, Jim, um, I was wondering, how, how do you, uh, do you guys keep in mind of trying to keep the budget um, kind not, not, I wouldn't say low, but manageable for not just the, you know, the pro teams or not just the amateur teams, but the pro teams, do you guys have that in mind? So you guys could get more people to, you know, um, um, participate if they have the, you know, of course the skills, the means, um, but not, you know, but not having to raise millions and millions of dollars of cash, like, you know, they would with a, 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 a different race series and you guys are pretty, you guys are big time. You guys are international. So, um, you, your, your timing on that question is, is impeccable. Um, so we, we, we re, we're in the process and we have been, we've announced that we're renaming our Pro 2 Series to ProSpec. And it's not, there's a lot of misperceptions out there. And, you know, we're, we're going to do our part to kind of educate the competitor field first. Um, and then obviously fans out there. It's not going to be like spec car, meaning everybody's going to run a spec Ford Mustang. And that's, that's, there's 30 of them on track and that's what mm-hmm. it's going to be. But we are creating a, um, a cost, you know, cost containment type of formula mm-hmm. um, to be able so that you, you, you almost have two choices when entering into formula drift that you can run more of what, you know, a quote unquote unlimited class, which is what pro is, or you can run pro spec, which has a lot more limitations, a lot more spec. You know, there's a single tire supplier, um, you know, things like that. So that, uh, again a lot of it comes down to, to cost containment and we have a three-year vision uh, for that um, and even even like other race years where you know we we foresee and and even encourage that a pro driver can have two spec cars one for pro spec and one for pro and be able to compete mm. in both if they if they choose and if the if an upcoming driver chooses well i like i like the, for, the pro spec package better it's it's more uh, cost effective Maybe it's more about the uh, driver skill than about how you know exorbitant the build of the car is. Okay, maybe I want to stay there and, and I can actually live there. It's an environment I can live in. Pro becomes more of 
you know, uh, more technology, a little, you know, definitely more expensive to run. Um, but yeah, out, even right? in pro, yeah. pardon me? That the, the highest pros, that's going to be just all out, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. All, all out to obviously to an extent, you know, even yeah, simple yeah, things yeah, like, it is now. Yeah. Right. And even simple things like, you know, um, people didn't understand. So, you know, one of the regulations in pros that we have a, a tire to car weight ratio, right? The, the heavier the car, the wider the tires you can use, the lighter the car, the narrower the tires you use. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a um, manageable but s- simple way to keep um, costs down in the sense that, well, of course, if you have the budget, you can have the most power and the lightest car and run on the stickiest, widest tires, you know, available. So all that is a uh, combination for a very high-end, um, you know, competition vehicle. Whereas if you pull, you know, kind of balance it out a little bit. So yeah, I don't need to go spend tons of money on custom carbon fiber parts to, to, to light, you know, lighten the weight of the car so that I can still have the power and the, you know, the wide tires. So things like that we put in place as we want to still have some room for creativity um you know obviously that's the spirit of, of, of drifting different combinations of chassis and engine packages but with some some restraint to make it manageable that's a, that's that's a really great idea i think that's awesome and i think you're going to get really fierce driving you know fierce competition just because everyone's going to be so much you know uh, uh you know driving the same kind of you know same not spec car but you know similar similar spec car so yeah i think that that is awesome and uh do you think that's going to invite a lot more people into the into the sport we hope and that's 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 really the goal of of that um and we saw that in the last two seasons we slowly been trickling um uh you know hints of that these in 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 the regulations and this this past season you know we had essentially a single tire supplier everybody ran on the same size tire you know all season and it was one of the most competitive um, you know, pro two seasons we, we've had. Um, so, you know, those were signs that look, you know, I think there's a few other, other um, parts of the car, other modifications that we can kind of put into a more specific box. Um, and again, kind of hopefully to, to level out the competition a little bit, but also to, um, you know, cost containment, because what, what you don't want is you don't want an up and coming driver that has a lot of passion and enthusiasm to, co- to come join the ranks and move their way up. And they feel the need to spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to build what a, you know, RTR or a Papadakis racing caliber car in order to feel that they can come compete and they, and everything goes into the car and there's really nothing left to, to run the team, to maintain the team and so forth. And the, those kind of, um, you know, instances makes a driver come in and leave the series very quickly mm-hmm. yeah yeah what, what do you think um this is a hypothetical but like i think that the level of the cars and the drivers have like really really grown right since when you started when you know we first started what if like reese millen from like when did you guys start 2004 four four if reese millen today came out with the car that he drove and competed tried to compete today how do you think he would do against the, the other guys that are on track I, right I think I think I think it'd be I think it'd be tough you know I, I think I think guys like like Reese and like Tanner are definitely you know world world-class caliber drivers so I think them from a driving skill standpoint 
they would be able to adapt. Um, definitely the top half of the, the field is, is way more competitive than, than it was, um, you know, during the first, you know, five, 10 years of the series. Yeah. Um, but the, the advancement and the, you know, the, dy- the vehicle dynamics of the cars is, is much different. Um, so they would definitely be, you know, not be bringing the most uh, advantageous, you know, tool to the battle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back then, I, I don't think there were the regular, well, obviously the power, you know, the, the suspension setup, we know so much more about the, the sport than we did back then, right? Um, so not, not like, you know, I'm not saying like Reese doesn't have the skills to compete. Like you said, I think he would be if he were, you know, put inside a machine, you know, a current day machine. Um, what, what, what do you think the, um, the biggest evolvement um, has been in the sport? So, like what's changed wow. the most? Uh, I mean, I think, I think the natural progression of, uh, you know, vehicle technology is, 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 na- is a natural progression in any, any, you know, kind of mechanized, you know, motorized sport. Um, but what I, I feel is the, I guess the growth or the maturity of the sport, um, if we're to talk in that standpoint is Mm -hmm. the, really it's team operation Mm -hmm. and you, you see, you see there's, there's something consistent about the, um, you know, the top tier teams, the, the, the most successful teams there, there's some, um, operational formula that they have that creates consistency, that, that they're just that much more prepared, that they mm-hmm. think through um, prior to getting to the track, they think through what, what has happened at the track, they, they, they log everything, that they understand every situation that they're getting in, they, they work on preparing and anticipating scenarios that they would get in, and then they're just prepared for that. I think anybody that's, that's watched the series the last couple of years is, just amazed, right, by, you know, uh, just the things that happened to, like, the Papadakis team and yeah. how quickly are they able to get a vehicle back on track. I, I think if you were to even think about, well, 10 years ago, how many teams, let alone even even competitors today, right, mm-hmm. how, many, how many competitors or how many teams in the current field today uh, and also how many competitors in the, in the field 10 years ago would be able to pull off you know, the engine swaps and, you know, just the, the fixes that they're able to fix. Um, you know, I, I don't, I think 10 years ago, I would say maybe one, if that, yeah. you know, now it's not even, I, I wouldn't even say a majority of the teams would be able to do what they do. So as, as more teams are able to do that, because I think, I think drifting it, you know, a part of drifting success is, is um, it's a, it's a, it's a battle of attrition. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, if your car can't stay on the track, then you're, you have no tool, you have no weapon and you have no weapon for the fight. So there's no fight. Um, so the, the more teams that are able to function like that and to be able to fix and use competition timeouts and get their cars back on track and be competitive and make it to the next round um, the competition field is just going to become that much more competitive. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's hey, a good Jim, point. While you're on this subject, and this might be some of the people go, "What the heck is he talking about?" But um, 
if you look at the crystal ball and stuff, you see, uh, you know, like Teslas and Porsche Taycons, and you know, we've seen hybrids and like EVs and stuff. Where do you see will Formula Drift be? Uh, will it be able to adapt to this uh, um, changing car technology, or are we just going to always see these classic uh, gasoline burning cars um, competing? Uh, where do you see? How, how do you see that? I think there's. I think there's definitely room for that. Um, a couple of seasons ago, a team brought out an all-electric, um, you know, vehicle in a essentially a Camaro shell. Um, I think they're they're uh, they were leaps ahead of um, what's to come, but I think it definitely showed what was what was possible, and I think a lot was learned from that. Um, it still comes down to durability, right? Like, um, can you do a couple of you know, demo laps in, in full drift in an all electric car. Yes. That's been proven that you're able to do that. Now, what happens, um, throughout a 16 car bracket, a 32 car bracket comp competition and going through multiple heats and battles again and again and again and again, can you make it through, um, without, you know, you know some part breaking along the way. And one thing that, that they saw was that, you know, because of, um, you know, electric motors being direct drive and just transferring power. So, so quickly, you know, axles are snapping left and right. Mm. So those are like, you know, just one of probably many things that haven't been experienced. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, long story short, I think there's room for that. I think there's, there is the possibility of either running them uh, together side by side. So it's a mix like it is now, right. We have you know, old cars and new cars and four doors and two doors and superchargers and, you know, turbochargers all together. Uh, can a, uh, you know, all electric combination com compete and be a part of it? Possibly. Uh, maybe, maybe the first step is an all electric class of vehicles. Um, that's also, you know, possible as well. And, and as we see more people kind of tinker with that setup and seeing what they've learned from that, um, I think the opportunity, be, opportunity will be there to add something like that. Uh, but there's just not a lot of them out there right now. Oh, yeah. I think I'm looking like pretty much years down the future because, I mean, you know, I mean, look, there's not that, you know, when you look at all the gasoline powered vehicles being sold on the electric, EVs are pretty small, small, uh, small percentage, but it is getting bigger, right? And at some point, you know, they're saying, you know, in the next, what, 10 years or seven years or whatever, it'll probably be mostly EVs that are being sold at the dealership. So at some point, I think Formula Group is going to have to adapt a little bit. And like you said, maybe adding a, new EV class where, and, you know, as the years go by, I think the EV technology is going to get better. So they might fix that axle snapping problem and stuff like that. So, but you are open to seeing formula drift adapt and, you know, keep carrying on with, with the times. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people think, um, you know, new technology and disruption is like a, right. like an on and off switch, right? Like, Oh, suddenly everything, you know, you know, gas powered, we're going to phase that out of foreign drift. And then next year, suddenly it's going to be an all electric series. Well, I don't think it's always like that. I think a lot of it is, you know, there's, there's lots of little baby steps to add and, and it may not be, it's not always so absolute where like one has to leave in order for another to come. I think they're right. always on the next day some, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where people start freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look that's at Pike's good. peak, right? I mean, look at Pike's peak. I mean, first, you know, when electric cars came out, people were like freaking out, but you know, there's, they're in there too, you know. Yeah, There's now, now they're, something yeah, for everyone. They're almost a common sight. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Jim, um, tell us about uh, the new schedule 
that uh, you guys recently just announced. Um, so usually you guys kick off your season with um, the uh, Long Beach Grand Prix, but with the Long Beach Grand Prix being pushed to the fall, you guys had to do a little bit of adjustments and uh, just walk us through uh, what, what uh, the fans are going to see uh, this sure. year. Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, one, one, definitely one of the things learning, you know, what we learned from 2020 is to, you know, be able to adapt the schedule. Uh, one of the things that went as we're mapping this out was what, what regions are currently if as of today are open and, and give ourselves some room for in case of further adjustments. Um, we kind of met in the middle. Could we have been, been super conservative and started the season much later than we are? Yes. But I think regions like, you know, Georgia and Florida are, are more open, right. Than say California. Um, so, you know, we decided to kind of stick with that schedule. And like you said, one of the, the, the dominoes that we had, we were waiting to fall was the Long Beach Grand Prix in April. Mm -hmm. And, you know, early on we had heard, well, there, there's talks of, are they going to be able to get the, the sign off and the clearance to be able to run in April? Is California even going to be clear enough to, to, to be able to run vaccines, all, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we were, we were kind of holding our breath and waiting and, and working with them and getting, you know, we got. Uh, behind the scenes, you know, uh, information because we work hand in hand with them mm -hmm. and because we have to work with the city and, and so forth. So when they started going down the path of uh, trying to get approval to go into uh, end of September, we held back on releasing the schedule and made room to adjust for that. Um, and luckily, because of our partnership with the Grand Prix, we're always kind of that back to back weekend. Uh, the city approved it, the convention center and all the, all the parties involved knew that we were going to be tagging along with it. It's mm -hmm. one of our biggest, if not the biggest events of the year. So it's hard to say no and not have that. Um, <laughs> so we moved, we moved with that. And then, so okay. because of that, we start uh, in May uh, at Road Atlanta. It, it's the, it's the first time we've, um, it was the first uh, event of the former drift series, you know, in 2004. Back so in the day, starting yeah. there, it's a, it's a, it's a great big event. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we love the venue. It's, it's one of the longstanding uh, venues there. We start on our, our kind of our East coast swing. We go to Orlando, uh, towards the end of May, uh, go up to English town, which we were anticipating last year. Um, but luckily we'll, we'll be there in June, um, raceway park, essentially shut down drag racing operations and mm -hmm. um, they've paved what looks kind of like a figure eight, but, but, mm -hmm. you know, we've, ex we've expanded the width of the, of the drag strip and mm -hmm. turned it essentially into a drifting arena. We have grandstands on both sides, cars That's are awesome. coming through um, the, the tunnel um, mm -hmm. by the start line. Um, so we'll be there in June. Um, then we head to a new venue, Lake Erie Speedway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so Erie, Pennsylvania, it gets a little bit closer to the Midwest. You're, you know, in reach from, you know, major markets like Detroit, even if um, borders open up and, and fans wanted to come down from Toronto, they, they can get there very easily. Mm -hmm. um, it's a touristy area. It's great to be you know, there in, in the middle of July. Um, so, you know, good family time and for fans and so forth. Um, at the end of July, we go to Evergreen Speedway, which has been on our calendar for, for a while. Yeah. Um, and then we make a quick kind of like halfway swing back, uh, uh, you know, 
at the end of August to St. Louis, the Worldwide mm -hmm. Technology Raceway. And then we come back for uh, two final Southern California stops, which ideally we didn't want. We'd like to have them bookends, but yeah. again, there's, they're, they're two of the biggest um, events that we have. And it's, yeah. it's, again, it's hard to not put them on the calendar. So right. uh, mid, late September, we're on the streets of Long Beach. And then five weeks later at the end of October, we're in Irwindale Speedway. And so, and, so it uh, gets us our eight round season. And then mm -hmm. ideally we like to wrap it up before, before the SEMA show. So we're able to do that as well. Cool. And the uh, uh, Pro 2 is now called the Link ECU Pro Spec, as you mentioned earlier, right? And That's correct. And uh, when will they, which of one of these rounds are along with? Okay, so Orlando, yep. English Orlando, Town. Orlando, English Town, Orlando. yep. St. Louis and Irwindale. I don't know, Jim. I guess just because I'm a West Coast guy, but to me, I mean, the home of drifting is Irwindale, you know, just because it's first place I saw it. It's just, it just seems like that's where everything kind of grew from to me, even though I'm a West Coast guy. And then, of course, Long Beach, because it was always, uh, you know, there with the, uh, the Grand Prix. So I'm glad those are both in there. Yeah, we, you know, we, we always try to do as much homework as possible. We, you know, we surveyed the, the sponsors, we surveyed the teams, we surveyed even fans that, you know, is, is two events in Southern California too much for you. Um, th there's, there's some overlap of fans that go to both events. Um, so we wanted to kind of make sure that we, we get gauge the temperature of what they, what they felt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a couple of dates as an option for Irwindale. And this was the one that I think the majority uh, everybody wanted to hone in on. And again, it serves as we get, we get this done before the SEMA show. A lot of the teams are tied into aftermarket companies so they can, you know, oh, yeah. service those relationships, yeah. bring their cars yeah. to the SEMA show, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, they have obligations that's related to that. So um, yeah. So luckily we're able to squeeze all that in and make that work. It's awesome. That's great. I was going to ask you something. I forgot. I was, <laughs> I was going to ask old, you something. That's why. I know. I was, yeah. I was just listening to Jim's SEMA thing. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that, that is true. I mean, a lot of drivers, they, you know, they go and do their meet and greets. They, mm -hmm. they, you know, they report their accomplishments, obviously, right, at the SEMA show, and they try to get that next next year sponsorship going. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad your your uh, your last event is is before the SEMA show a lot uh, for, for these drivers sakes too. Oh, I was going to ask this. Um, so a lot of these events crowd, the, you had no crowd, uh, you had no fans. And so live stream obviously was a big component of your exposure this year. Right. And obviously next year you're going to be continuing live streaming all of these events. Um, any, uh, how, first of all, um, how did you guys, did you get more viewers this year because of all of this or um, did you get, you know, was it the same? Uh, how did you do with the live stream? Uh, yeah, we numbers? definitely we definitely had a growth of uh, you know digital content views. Um, you know, like like you guys have here, like the library that's on on YouTube. We we have tons of uh, custom content, you know, pieces, you know, short clips and things like that. And also we have the long form, which is the, which is the live stream. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we we saw great numbers just off the bat. Um, mm -hmm. You know with our kind of first, first and second round in St. Louis and people were hungry, you know, globally, yeah. every drifting series was, was shut down. I think we were one of the first, if not the first to come back even to, you know, limited fans or no fans. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the the hunger and the appetite was there. Uh, hopefully we can sustain that, you know, 
post-COVID and as things start to open up again, um, sustain those numbers. We, we hope that we've brought, you know, viewers in that, you know, maybe have never watched or didn't watch on a consistent basis before. Mm -hmm. um, and we hope to, you know, keep them for, for this coming season. How about uh, Formula Drift Japan? Are you guys, uh, where, where's my Formula Drift Japan? <laughs> oh, nice. Are you guys going to continue with uh, Japan? Yeah, the, the partnership that we have in operating that series is going to um, continue. Um, uh, interesting enough, they're, they're uh, instituting a, um, a Pro 2-like, Prospect-like um, sec second uh, series to mm -hmm. um, basically feed drivers into their, their primary series. Um, mm -hmm. They ran events, you know, all 2020, um, you know, with, with limited fans and, and so forth. Um, and for you know, 2021, I think they just announced their calendar. Um, but yeah, we will be, um, you know, continuing our partnership with them and they'll be, you know, running events as well. Cool. Cool. James, do you have, uh, you've been quiet. Do you have any, uh, anything to add? Any questions? No, I'm just, just listening. I'm just I'm really excited with how things went, Jim, in, uh, last year. I mean, the 2020 season, obviously with you guys dropping it down to the four double events was fantastic being able to manage that on the fly. And as you said, the content you guys were able to create, the streaming was fantastic and the ability to, to sort of mix it up and change it around the way you did, I thought was fantastic. I'm just looking forward to seeing how things progress in 2021 and what you guys keep and, and where you go forward from there. I mean, I guess, obviously, I think this is going to be, the yeah, it's going to be no, but I think it would be awesome to see uh, like a vintage series. If you could bring a vintage series back where we had like older cars that were like capped at like 400 horsepower. I mean, that'd be great. That's what we want to have, just running between the brakes. Maybe even just a demo run between the brakes. I think that'd be where it was at. It'd be awesome. When Dai retires, he can get in his uh, Hachiroku and compete. Exactly. In the, uh, exactly. <laughs> the in, the, in the vintage series. series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's an all all S thirteen series, exactly. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. And everyone has to like be uh, delivering food all the way through. That's it. Strictly Tokyo, <laughs> and that's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. Hachiroku and S S thirteens, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> old old RX sevens, you know, only cars that were featured in Initial D. Exactly. Speaking of old school, Jim, do you have any uh, concerns that a lot of these cars now? I mean, we were surprised when a car comes out with a manual transmission, right? Uh, these days and you know i mean uh these uh, uh sequential stuff uh gearboxes aren't really necessarily that um inviting for drifting right so um is there a concern that hey man i mean these manual transmissions are going i mean this is this is not good or is it something you go no nah, i mean you know this is this is something that you know the the, the pure classicists the pure guys of doing so we're good we you know we have our niche but um uh, does that concern you at all that there's the manual transmission is pretty much dying gone gone yeah, almost <laughs> yeah the, you're you're right there's there's a little bit of both there right there's the um you know less and less manual transmission means that a a person wanting to get into drifting really has to dig into you know the used car lot you know, the junkyard to be able to, um, you know, find a vehicle with manual transmission to be able to get it running and then to be able to take it to the track and, and, and try it out um, uh, versus maybe something that you can uh, buy new and, you know, mess around on weekends with. Um, so that, that is, you know, concerning in that way. Is it concerning, you know, on like the, you know, pro tier, not necessarily because 
the purpose-built vehicles anyways. And there's so much modification that goes into these cars, but, you know, you definitely can't ignore, uh, you know, step one. And in order for us to have, you know, more, uh, you know, new drivers feeding into the series, uh, you know, new blood, new enthusiasts, new week, you know, weekend warriors that are going drifting and things like that. Like we, we need that, right. That's, that's directly, indirectly intangible part of, of us as a series, like to have that is really important. Um, and so it's concerning in that sense that if, if it's less and less, or if the, it, it's more difficult for someone to get started, even if they're just trying to do it for fun, um, does that lessen the number of people that are into drifting, that know about drifting, that want to come and watch? Um, you know, th- there is a little bit of a concern. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's that's what always kind of uh, uh, hit the back of my mind is when a lot of these cars are just like they're not offering manual transmissions. I'm going. Holy man, you you can't drift this. I can't, you know, like when I'm, you know, I can't impress someone by drifting through a quarter, you know, like uh, you know, uh, a parking lot, not 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 a public road. <laughs> Everyone's calm down. But you know, I mean, because you know, you just, I mean, I mean, it's it's a lot more dangerous without the manual transmission because you gotta you gotta build up some speed to get that, and especially if you don't have a pull handbrake, right, an e brake. You know, it's you got to just do it on power on, right? And yeah, that's that's kind of hard. So, yeah. uh, or dangerous because you could run, you know, you could lose control. So, anyways, I'm glad I'm glad that there are, you know, hopefully, uh, um, guys like you will keep these manufacturers saying, hey, let's include a manual transmission because you know they say the next Z is going to have a manual transmission, which is good because that could be a new generation right. drift car, right? right? For the next right. uh, mm-hmm. for this coming uh, the coming few years. So. Um, Cool. For sure. Um, any, um, before we let you go, uh, any other? I do have a uh, question for Joe. I've just been killing me. And I think a lot of the people who are watching are probably going, dang it, which one is there? Unless they're really good. What track, track. map is that on the, the back here behind you? <laughs> oh, here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Road, Road Atlanta. So I, I don't know. Wait, okay, the, the one I see on uh, on this side of you, right? Uh, or this, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, that's so there's, there's there, I, have, I have two, right? Right, so, I see two, but I can't see one of them because it's right behind you. Okay, so so that that one, I think, right. if yeah. I'm pointing at that. So that's Road Atlanta. Okay, Road Atlanta. And then, you know, they sell these like cutouts, but we, we right. had one made that has a little little horseshoe mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. at the turn turn 10A and turn B yeah. complex, uh-huh. which is which is the drifting sector. Oh, ah, okay, cool. Right? So that's cool, yeah, and then um, track map. Okay. Yeah, and then that one, um, that one over there yeah. is uh, Yas Marina, one of our oh yeah our international trips. Where on on this end is their North Complex, right? And that's where Wait, we what, had what, where what we track had is it? Yas in Marina Abu, in, uh, in Abu Dhabi. Oh no wonder why I couldn't recognize it. I've never driven it. I've never yeah. been there, so I'm going. Where the heck? What track map is that? It was killing me. So, and if you were watching me, I was kind of looking. Down. I was on my phone trying to find what track that was, and I couldn't find. It. So, okay. Sam, so, we just, Sam, we just had to ask. That was it. I would have been able to tell you. Oh, would you have known? Yes. James. Oh, you are the man. Well, you're our race expert, so that's why. So, oh, okay. Well, thanks, Jim. <laughs> it had nothing to do with Formula Drift. I just wanted to. No, it has, has everything. We, we've been to oh, both. It does so. now, right? Yeah. Well, well Formula Drift's been to Abu Dhabi, though. Yeah, that's Sam. awesome. Right, Taro was on that trip. Oh, you went to Abu Dhabi on that one? 
Yeah, we went. We all went to uh, Yas oh. Marina for awesome. that uh, exhibition event. Did you guys? Uh, were you guys able to hit, hit up Dubai? I mean, it's right there. Yeah, we had one day. Yeah. One yeah. day in Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That was a that was a fun trip. We need to do more of those, Jim. Dude, that's <laughs> right. Long, that's a long ways, man. That's a that's a heck of a plane ride. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a long ride. Oh, yeah. All so right. I'm good, uh, okay. James. No, no, no. So we just obviously have flipped through. We've obviously got uh, Formula Drift at formuladrift.com and you've got YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook, everything else where you seem to kill it on the social media game with the team there. Jim, you're doing a very good job. Well, Jim, I just like to say, hey, hats off to you because, you know, I mean, you guys have kept this thing going. I mean, you guys have, it's way past what what a lot of people dismissed it as. It's as bad. It's, it not only has legs, I mean, it's here to stay. Uh, I think you're you've uh, pretty much outlasted D one, right? Oh, <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you guys are yeah. So I mean, hats off <laughs> to you, Jim. I mean, great job, and I I look forward to uh, see how you can you guys will keep innovating and keep you know keep uh, keep people tuned in, keep people interested in developing young talent. I think it's I think it's great what you're doing. It's going to be something to watch as as we go forward. So congratulations. Thank you. I totally appreciate that. Now, like I said in the beginning, I mean, really. You know, um, the 17 seasons now going on 18 is really about, you know, kind of caretaking, caretaking the sport. And yes, there's a lot of people that, you know, thought it was a, it was a fad. And that's why kind of 2020 was um, a good test of that. And that if, if this was uh, simply just a business, there's, you know, business decisions could have been made differently mm-hmm. um, than what resulted. Um, and I think we did it for, um, you know, not just the sake of ourselves, but the, the sake of the sport. And hopefully these decisions go, go a long way to continue the, you know, the longevity of the series and, and the sport. And, um, you know, some things are in our hands and some things are not, but the ones that are in our hands, we, we, we hope that we're, we continue to make the, the right decisions. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, exactly what you say. I mean, you, you, you guys brought D1 to the States, but, you know, I think, I really think you've, you guys have, were able to take the kernel and, and actually grow it you know it, it's drifting is you know worldwide as it is because of 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 you guys right well, now the business I mean, side yeah you guys did yeah. a great job so so congratulations. Well, hopefully i'll run into you in one of the events uh when we open back up jim so oh my god come on Anyone let's get over this yeah, all right <laughs> yeah. that's good man <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Taro, what are we going to do? We, got, is, we only have one section, which is Jim's uh, review of the, what, what car is it, Jim? The Lexus. Lexus UX. Yes. So, so, so Jim, Jim, if you'd like, Jim, if you'd like to stay, stay if not. No, Jim said he's out of here. I'm going to tune okay. in as a fan. Thanks, All right. guys. All, All right. right. Talk Thank to you, Good you. seeing you. Bye. All right, let's, let me get this up. So what I had this week is the Lexus UXF Sport. So this is what I had my hands on for this past week. So it's a good looking it car. Is, <laughs> it is a good looking car. Yeah. I mean, I like it. It's very stylish. This the inside is definitely where this car stands out. Um, the interior on this Lexus is impeccable as every Lexus is. But it's the idea that you could get this at this price point for thirty-five dollars, thirty-five thousand, not thirty-five dollars, is truly, bucks. yeah, truly impressive. I mean, the it's as good as any Lexus interior that I've been in throughout the whole range, starting from all the way up to the LS. The only thing it's missing is the massaging seats, but the interior of this car is truly a work of art. And as Tara said, the outside isn't too bad either. 
Um, one thing that I do particularly like about this car in particular, as we get through there, is the wheels. So there's my picture there. Mm -hmm. I thought the wheels were very, very good. Most very of the good. Lexus wheels I'm not always a fan of because they like mm -hmm. to go with the chrome on some of the models, which isn't my cup of tea. I think that's more of a Sam Matani look that's, that's than me. Yeah, but, I'm not uh, a chrome guy either, but it's okay, whatever. <laughs> but, but the interior of this vehicle is good. I mean, this is very similar to what I've got. Obviously, I've got a darker, I've got a, the dark metallic gray version of this. But this actually comes from the Toyota Corolla crossover platform is what the UX is based on. Um, and we know it here, obviously, more so with the CHR. Um, mm. There is a price difference, obviously, between the two. Um, if you're looking for something similar, obviously, it's not going to be exactly spec the same because the Lexus is a much more luxurious right. uh, take on it. There is around a $10,000 difference in the price tag there. This one retails at 35. If you're looking at something similar on the CHR, it's coming in at around 27,000. So there is a, certainly a price difference between the two, but the Lexus variant is coming in a touch more powerful mm -hmm. around hundred. This version's around 160 horsepower is around 145 horsepower for the Toyota. Mm -hmm. And the interior really, really does make a difference. Um, I mean, the, the seats truly are a work of art. The only downside I will say with this being it's a small two liter and 3,300 pounds, give or take. So when you, if you've got this at 3,300 pounds, you've got two adults, two kids, a dog in the back. I mean, it's pushing a good weight there. And so the 10 speed does tend to get a little loud. If you're putting your loud, if you're pressing the loud pedal to maybe merge onto the freeway or keep it up at freeway speed, it does get a little loud. Uh, more so just with changing the gears. Once you're up to those speeds, it's a Lexus, so you don't really hear that sound. But the action of getting up and getting up there to speed is, it, it does take some time. Also, obviously being it's only 160 odd horsepower, it's getting to 60 in around nine seconds. So it's not probably the most sprightly thing out, out and around. Yeah. But it, once you're inside, it's cool. It's like very pleasant interior, obviously comfortable stylish so once you're up running errands around town which is where i've i put like around 150 miles on it give or take yeah. maybe close to 200 miles in the last week it gets picked up tomorrow um i mean it's it's a good little car it's it's right at 35,000. but the trade-off with that obviously is the last car i had was the toyota rav4 prime mm -hmm. um and it'd be the difficult one saying which one would you take this one is obviously a much more luxurious version drives better than the uh, RAV4, but the RAV4 will be a real difficult one to charge to uh, change to step away from because the electric option there, where you've got the 40 miles of range of purely electric. Right. What's the biggest competitor for this car? Price I mean, look, it, it, I'd still say Toyota is a big competitor with the CHR as one that's going against it. I mean, that's 25. I mean, you could look about, at any car in this range. A Corolla yeah. would still be going against so this at this size and scale. I mean, mm. it still is basically a four-door, small, compact car. This one's obviously at the height, so it's made it a little bit raised up. But if I've got it in the garage next to the Fiat, I mean, there's not much height difference. And this is like meant to be like a CUV, like yeah, not yeah. an SUV, but not a compact. So, so James, a, overall, is it a thumbs up? Uh, one of your favorites? It sounds like you're giving a, a glowing review. So, it's it's a good car, but I don't know if I'd be. I think the thirty five thousand dollar price point makes it difficult to pill to swallow. 
Okay. Uh, so I think it, while it is a good car, it makes it a little bit of an oddball type of car, which is an unusual thing to say, because it's styled well, but at 35000 it is very expensive right. coming in at that market. But you yeah. do so get... Would you take the RAV4 more than... Yeah, I'd, I'd take the RAV4 over this because you get a little bit more space, you get the electric, you get more power, it's a bit easier to get, you can get people in and out a little easier. So at the RAV4 at thirty eight. Minus the uh, the government rebate and so forth brings it down around 32, 33. The probably is for me, it'd be a better option than this if we're looking at in mind. And the RAV4 is bigger, right? Because that's the NX it kind is. of equivalent yeah. to the Lexus. But it is, it is very incredible how they can get this interior that seems to be just as good as any Lexus up to the LS model okay. inside this uh, UX. I mean, the interior is truly exquisite. That leather, those leathers, so, so it's fantastic. I love it. Okay, well, that's going to, sorry for cutting you off, James, that's going to have to do it for us this week. We uh, kind of went over, so thank that's you, James. That's right. I know Sam's got some place to go, so we should No, it's not away. me, it's Taro, but anyways. <laughs> but anyways, uh, thank you, guys. Uh, it was awesome talking to Jim, um, and we wish the best luck to Formula D. So I uh, hope you guys will visit us in two weeks. Uh, James McKeown, no breaking. Please you podcast, podcast every Wednesday. You, you podcast, podcast every, every Wednesday. Wednesday. GT channel, new content all the time on their videos. And my novel will be coming out later this year. So check it out. It. Check it out. So everyone, see you later and see you in a couple of weeks. Goodbye. All see right. you next time. See you guys. Bye.